I'm Becky Lloyd-Pack. And I'm Becky Stanton. And this is the Doing Business Differently podcast. Hi, Becky. Hi, Becky. We are here with our first official episode of the Doing Business Differently podcast, which I am super excited to finally be bringing to life. So Becky, do you want to take a second and explain what the purpose of this podcast is? Of course. So we are both business owners that have a strong desire to do business our way. And that's what the pod membership group is all about, of bringing business owners together that desire to do things differently. And we wanted to share those stories, share our approach, share our opinions and our curiosity with the world to share how we can explore how to do business our way, do it uniquely, do it differently that aligns with us, which is very exciting. Totally exciting. And I think what I'm really excited about with this podcast as well is that our our desire, which we're going to talk more about, um, is for this to be really community-led. So it's not just about someone listening to our podcast and then disappearing off into the rest of the world. We really want to engage whoever is listening, whoever is part of this, to be part of the conversation with us. And that's why actually the home of this podcast is over on Substack. So you can actually, wherever you're listening to it, You can head over to the Substack page and on there you'll be able to leave comments and actually have a conversation, uh, which I think is just brilliant because a lot of the times Mm -hmm. with podcasts it feels very one way, whereas this we really want it to be a two-way conversation. So super excited about that. But our intention with the podcast as well is to oscillate between just conversations between Becky and I around a certain theme and also get our community members that are part of our paid community, the pod, which we'll talk to you a little bit about just so you have context when we mention it, uh, but to also bring those incredible people onto the podcast as well and spotlight their stories and how they're doing business differently because I always find it so enlightening and insightful to actually hear that because theory is great right we can sit and talk about the theories of how to do things differently but the minute you actually get into the real world it's a completely different ball game so it's super interesting I think to hear practically and specifically and tangibly what does that look like for certain people definitely and I'm very excited to hear from everyone that we're going to chat with because we're all curious and open-minded. I want to hear how people are approaching their business in a way that lights them up. So I'm super excited for that. So yeah, the, the pod that we've mentioned a couple of times and we will also reference throughout just for full context, as this is the first episode of this podcast, is ultimately a private little membership style community that Becky and I are running together. It's hosted on our own community platform. We have tons of live sessions that happen every single month where we come together as a community uh, and discuss different things. We also have little resource drops that are peppered throughout the month as well to actually support you in practically doing things differently. So again, we're, well, I speak from my own um, perspective 
action, taking action is my love language. And so I constantly (laughs) want to find ways to support people to do that, to not just sit in their heads too much, but to actually get out into the world, explore things, try things out, see what works and what doesn't work for you. So that's really what our, the little resources that we drop throughout the month are there to support you to do exactly that. I'm really excited for this podcast chat because I feel we just get to be ourselves. Mm. We just get to have conversations between us and whoever else is with us and the listener. I'm really excited to just be Becky. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, right? I think I'm somebody who would naturally identify as like being quite organized and like things to be quite structured. But ultimately, I think the best conversations, the best insights come out of those moments that have room within them for the spontaneous to enter, for the universe to enter, if you like. A little bit of that chaos is always um, conducive to a juicy conversation, I find. So before we get into today's, like the meat of today's episode, which is going to be all around the topic of desire, I'd love if we could just maybe take a second to introduce ourselves to people who may have never come across us before and are like, who are these two women called Becky and what the (laughs) the hell are they talking about? So do you want to go first and just let people know, who are you? Of course. So I'm Becky Stanton. I am a mindset and business energetics coach. So I support business owners to play bigger by expanding their sense of self, their identity, their beliefs, their actions, their way of being, and just allowing them, giving them permission to step into being more them. And so I'm really excited to support the Doing Business Differently podcast because it starts with how we see ourselves and how we show up. Absolutely. And I'm just going to share from my perspective of um, my opinion (laughs) on my perspective of Becky is that she's just this beautiful soul. And I think what I love most about being in your world is how a lot of the time you make some of the like really more like spiritual or woo-woo or those kind of topics which can often feel like really conceptual and and far away for a lot of people. They always feel really grounded and actually pretty practical with you as well. So it feels like where I've seen maybe other people that, that talk about some of like the energetic stuff, which you do, when I've heard others, I've not really got it like I've not really understand or understood what they've meant by it but being in your space Mm. I'm always like oh yeah you make it sound so simple so I'm I'm thrilled to be doing this little collaboration with you Uh, and I will introduce myself now so I am Becky Lloyd-Pack and I am a brand message strategist a creative entrepreneur a community leader and a whole heap of other things as well. It's funny, even though I specialize in messaging, whenever it comes to like myself and tying it up in a nice little neat bow, I'm like, I don't know who I am or what I do. (laughs) But it's one of those things, right, where I can do it for others, but for yourself, it can be a little bit of a struggle. But what I love doing is essentially helping uh, other entrepreneurs and business owners explain what they do in a way that gets their people excited. I want to help people build an online presence that becomes this like, 
giant flag that pulls other people towards them that's really grounded in who they are and what they believe in and do it in a way which is fun as well because I think there can be a lot of heaviness um, around doing business and a lot of overwhelm which is natural so helping people actually navigate that in a more um, joyful way is one of the things that I help uh, I love to help people do as well. And you do it so magically. And I think what's really beautiful with our collaboration is that we both have worked with each other and respect each other's work. And just to send the love back your way, Becky, like when I worked with you around messaging and my offers, you have this beautiful clear-cut clarity. It's almost that you see into your client's intention of what they're trying to create you almost hear the overwhelm you hear like the confusion and you're able just to create this simplicity and I feel that's your superpower of just as grounded just as practical but giving your clients the gift of clarity to run with with their own uniqueness and their own expression Amazing. That was a much better description than uh, what I did. So thanks People for that. People can explain <laughs> each other better, can't they? Absolutely. <laughs> That's why it's great to be doing this together. So with no further ado, um, or without any further ado, let's talk about today's topic, which is the topic of desire, which is also... Um, not coincidentally, what we're going to be exploring inside the pod, which is our community group, um, throughout the month of October as well. So we wanted to start off the conversation right here on the podcast to just bring a little bit of context and invitations to think about this theme of desire in maybe a slightly different way, because it might then help you navigate business slightly differently. So when we were first discussing, like, how do we want to broach this topic? Obviously, the theme of desire, the topic of desire is a massive one. And there's so many different directions that we can go in. But as we were kind of talking about it, it really kind of emerged about the difference between ego desires and soul desires and how they can actually influence the way that we are doing things and the way that we feel about whatever we're doing as well. So I think that's where we will initially set our focus on this topic of ego versus soul um, and and see where it goes from there. Definitely. And it's one of my favourite topics as well. I personally believe that as business owners and heart-centred, creative, honest entrepreneurs, it comes back to desire. It really does. And I know my journey began from losing my sense of self and desire then became this focus for me. So yeah, do you want to actually just dive into that a little bit more, Becky, and tell us about maybe how you get start got started out and really the desires that, that made you want to run your own business? Yeah, so my story was one of coasting, I want to say is the word, that I was in a HR profession. And I fell into that after uni. I studied anthropology at uni because I, I didn't, didn't know... know that about you. And the family joke was that I didn't know what to study and I didn't get past A in the prospectus and I chose anthropology. So there wasn't necessarily a huge desire to study it, but I was in this coasting mode. So I did that for three years, very challenging degree, <laughs> especially when your passion's not there. Fell into HR, which was loosely connected to anthropology and people, and then worked my way up the 
the ladder. And when I was getting probably age 28, 29, starting to think about my 30th birthday, the questions started to come of who am I? What do I want? I didn't know who I was in many respects, especially around my career and work and purpose. I was in a a relationship. I had a wonderful family. You know, I had so much to be grateful for, but that big core part of my life was a big question mark and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so that's really where my story began because it was like, what do I really want? And that question consumed me. And I really started to focus on all the things that weren't right, that I knew in my heart, knew in every part of me that HR wasn't my future. I don't know if anyone else can resonate, but I, when you look around at everyone's jobs around you and future jobs and like more senior jobs and thinking, I just don't visualize it. I can't yeah. see it. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> and so coasting continued in my career. I was like, okay, well, I don't know what I want. And I've spent eight years in this profession and I worked in luxury fashion in London, a very incredible opportunity, incredible team that it was very confusing. Yeah. So desire for me was really the catalyst. Oh, what do I want? And there was this, I can only explain it as this very dim fire. It hadn't been lit, hadn't been like tendered in a long time, but there was this part of me that just knew that I was meant to have a business. Yeah, nice. And how like, I'd love to know, how did you actually specifically navigate that time? Like, is there <laughs> something that happened that maybe set you off on this path towards coaching? Like, what what kind of specifically happened there and how did you navigate it? There was a lot of fear. It mm. definitely wasn't a light bulb moment of, ah, oh, I'm meant to be a coach, let's retrain. It was a very topsy-turvy few years. So I... It just so happened, call it manifestation, call it coincidence, but my employer sent me on a life coach um, experience where I got to have six months with a life coach, Wow! <laughs> which wasn't even part of my, my particular team. It was this external opportunity and I had one space and my manager said, Becky can have it. <laughs> So I happened to be placed with a life coach. Everyone else was, it was leadership training essentially, but from a life coach perspective, everyone was talking about how they want to be a leader. And my first session, I was like, I need to leave. (laughs) I've got to go. I know this isn't right. So I had this life coach that was supporting my mindset, supporting my belief and trust in myself while everyone else was like turning into these beautiful leaders I wanted to lead myself out into new opportunities but so I ended up resigning my resignation was three months but out of fear I stayed for nine so I was in that for nine months part-time while I was trying to figure out what I want to do I originally wanted to do something very creative I'm a very creative person so I was exploring party planning I even wanted to do this sustainable Christmas idea and I started this movement that didn't go anywhere (laughs) But I was very passionate about doing something and the desire was definitely freedom. I want to be free from the corporate race. I felt very trapped. I didn't feel creative. I was hiring and firing people. I was disciplining them. I felt like I was ruining their lives rather than actually making a difference. So that was really the desire. But the 
point of becoming a coach was when I had spent over a year exploring what I wanted to do and noticed one day that ah, my mindset's the problem. I don't trust myself. I don't believe in myself. I'm not investing in myself. I don't believe this is really going to work. This is part of me that really wants it. And another part that says, don't even bother trying. And so I started investing in my mindset. And when I noticed that it was making shifts, I knew in my heart that I wanted to be a mindset coach. And I I must say there probably was that nudge when I had the life coach of thinking, wow, she's really helped me, but it felt too close to HR that I dismissed it. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I think um, what's interesting sort of within that is what what you mentioned where it was like, oh, I kind of had this desire, but also at the same time didn't really believe I could have it. And I think that's probably something that I think a lot of people, like I've been in business five years now and I still have moments like that where I can come up with this like beautiful vision, this beautiful idea, this this desire if you like but there's still parts of me that are like nah you can't you can't have that so I would actually say sometimes I have a funny relationship with desire in that aspect because you're almost like sometimes it'd be easier if I didn't have them like sometimes it'd be easier if like that big vision that like retreat I want to hold there's almost like because of the amount of fear that it brings with it, there's almost resistance sometimes, I think, to even admitting what we desire truly, because then suddenly once there is that clarity around it, there's suddenly we can fail, right? We can suddenly actually live a a version of our lives where we don't get it. So it's such a, like, you know, thinking of desire generally, it's it's such an open topic and we think that it's all like oh lovely yeah mm-hmm. tap into your desires but actually with desire often comes fear often comes mm-hmm. the like oh god now that I know it now that I have something that I'm striving towards what happens if I don't get it and I think that can be such a tricky one to navigate which is where like the mindset work and stuff like that is so beneficial yeah. and how I describe it and how I visualize it for myself is Those true desires, where we talk about ego soul, right? The true soul desires come through in these nudges. And it's not usually a full picture, full plan. There might just be this light in your belly, like this fire of like, this feels right, this feels good. And what happens, which I see as a coach all the time, is that people can access this, or sometimes like me, it's almost like the universe is like, Becky, you're not listening. Here's a nudge. (laughs) And you just get this big, like blown over moment of like, oh, okay, this is what I really desire. This feels good. Even though like, you're not ready for it, essentially. And what happens then is that it's your body, your nervous system, your mind goes into protection mode. That fear is almost like, there's no proof. Yeah. We've never seen this before. You don't know anyone that's done it. Like, no. Let's stay where we are. It's the safety police, as I call them. Yeah. And it's it's natural. Every person that taps into soul desire, which is from the limitless plane, right? Not getting too spiritual, but it's just understanding that anything's possible. And when you tap into soul desire, you're tapping into that energetically. You're human. The person in this moment, which is full of your identity of who you believe you are and what's possible for you, is going to say... No. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
not ready. And that's the fear, right? And that becomes the inner conflict. And I felt that deeply. Have you felt that before as well in your journey? Do you know, it's interesting. Like I have, it's, it's, if I think back to the, (laughs) to the, the start of my business, the safety beliefs were obviously busy elsewhere because (laughs) I got the nudge and I just immediately started taking action towards it and and very much I started my business with the belief of why not me like Mm -hmm. why could this idea this this vision that I've got why not me and I think to give just like some context to it I worked in the film industry for eight years I was in London and on paper my life was like perfect right I was working on films like Mission Impossible, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Avengers, like going to premieres and stuff like that. So on paper, really cool. I was engaged. We owned a um, flat in zone two. But the reality of it was that actually my day-to-day life was not happy. I was consistently filled with anxiety, um, massively overworked. And actually, even though I felt like I had a decent wage at the time, still seriously underpaid for for the hours that I was actually putting in. And it got to the point where I was fainting on the tube because it was so anxious and stressed all the time. Um, So again, it was that idea of on paper, I was living the life that I believed I should want, that I should have been striving for, that was definitely based on expectations from mainly from like culture more than anything I would say my my family are super supportive and they've always been like do whatever you want but very much it was cultural expectations of like follow this path climb the career ladder and what you said earlier about looking around and being like oh I don't want that it's funny because I actually got to the top of the career ladder um so I was at a producer level and I looked around and I was like oh this is it (laughs) There's nothing else for me. I'm 28 and this is it? Is this it for the rest of my life? What? So there was kind of these thoughts that were bubbling under the surface, but I didn't really know what to do with them. And then it was the summer of 2018 and... um, my fiance at the time, now husband, he was away filming uh, Wonder Woman in Washington. So I was on my own throughout the summer. And my parents had this, uh, a spare ticket to this event called Power to Achieve, which was like a self-development type weekend. And they basically invited me and I didn't have a valid excuse not to go. I had nothing else that I was doing. So I was like, okay, fine. But I'm super skeptical, not into any of this kind of like mindset, positive develop, like positive, um, like any of it, just not interested in it. I'm fine. Thank you very much. Leave me alone. Um, (laughs) And like, even on the first day, I mean, obviously I've got so much I can say about this, but I'll stay focused. But on the first day, it's very much like, getting everybody to raise their hand to, you know, opt in to be part of the thing. And I was so reluctant. I was like, I am not buying into any of this. I'm not interested in you telling me that I have control over my life. I'm not interested. I don't want to hear it. But then it was on the second day, we did this like visualization exercise, which I begrudgingly did. And it was interesting because they actually separated you from your, from whoever you came with so that you could have the full experience. But we did this visualization exercise where you went back and met your younger self. And I went back and met younger Becky and and I was like oh oh wait Mm. I am so far from the person I thought I was going to be at this point because like young Becky had dreams of like a rich creative life so she wanted to direct movies she wanted to write books she basically wanted to just be doing creative stuff all the time and although I was working in a creative industry because I'd got to that producer level 
I was basically just dealing with spreadsheets, like spreadsheets, managing crew, managing schedules, managing like multi-million dollar budgets. And really there was no creativity in it whatsoever. And it was in that moment, I felt like I had kind of like a a big old, like probably a slap around the face more so than a (laughs) nudge from the universe that was like, you get to choose what you do with this now. Like now that you suddenly become conscious of, holy shit, we're so far away from where you thought you would be in terms of how you feel and what you're actually doing, what are you going to do about it? Like, are you just going to carry on? And it was during that same three-day event, there was a guy who gave a talk about setting up an internet business. And I was looking at him as this, like, white guy in his 40s in just, like, a suit. And I was looking at him telling me about all the money that he'd made in his business and the other people, like, the other success stories. And that's when it was really looking at me like, okay, if they can do it, I can definitely do it. Like I absolutely can. And so that desire to really actually call the shots, dictate my own lifestyle, it started there. Um, And I always joke that the main reason I did it was so that I didn't have to set an alarm in the morning because I'm not a morning person and I've (laughs) never wanted to do that. Um, So yeah, I feel like for that first year, I was driven by this desire, but actually I'd say this is where it was more ego desires that were really driving Mm -hmm. the initial kind of things that I did in my business. So very much getting caught up in vanity metrics. I want to have the six figure business. I want to have passive income. I want to have like all these things that essentially I think are sold to a lot of people is the thing that you should want. If you're setting up a business, here is a list of things that you should be desiring and striving for. Working from a laptop on a beach, like freedom, (laughs) but in this very specific scenario. Mm -hmm. That's initially what I bought into. And I think as I actually got closer to that lifestyle, I realized that it is actually the opposite of what I wanted. So I've definitely, like I said, I think I've always had a a tricky relationship with desires, with goal setting, with knowing what I really want. Because I think, yeah, coming back to that identity piece of like, who actually am I? What do I want my life to look like? I couldn't answer that question for the longest time. And even now, like, I'm definitely a lot clearer on it. But there's still question marks in certain areas. Yeah. So it's, you know, I don't necessarily personally think it's like, oh, I'm going to get clear on my list of desires and that's it. That's going to be me for the rest of my life. It's always going to be the same. Like, I think it's a bit of an evolution, right? Definitely. And I think it's beautiful that you had that experience with your younger self and we're tapping into her energy, that creative energy, that freestyling energy. And yeah, it's a question that comes up a lot. And I think for every business owner, especially with a menstrual cycle, we get to a particular phase and it's like, who am I? Or what am I doing? Or what do I want? (laughs) Whenever clients come to me with that in a session, I'm like, okay, where are you in in your menstrual cycle? (laughs) Where's the moon? (laughs) Yeah, Right. It's not diminishing it, but it's also being like, okay, there's some energy here that's raising it. And I think around desire, something that I think about frequently is the the more wise I become, (laughs) the more years I have, I start to really lean into that. I don't think we're meant to know who we really are. And that's the joy of life, of playing and being curious. And so it brings up this question for me when I think of someone like Beyonce, big Beyonce fan, right? She was singing and dancing from a very young age. And for me, and it's not about having a definitive answer, but 
is that who she was or is there some shaping and conditioning there or and just really curious around it right do children truly know who they're meant to be or is there influences externally around being shaped a particular way you know you've got a lot of people in the creative arts right start from very young age and I think what I lean into and what I choose to be curious around is when I look back on younger Becky there's definitely some attributes around who she is at her heart and soul but she had no idea who she was gonna be yeah she didn't care (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) even a question right She's so present and playful and I feel that's what I take in from now, like around not what I want. As you said, I think that feeds the ego and more what feels good right now. Yeah. And how do I envision emotionally my future? I think that's the desire for me of is less about the ego wins. Yeah. And more, less around, you know, what that means and who, what you're trying to prove or who you're trying to prove it to. Yeah. And more, what am I available for in this lifetime? And how can my business support that? And that doesn't mean I have the answer. <laughs> I'm open to see yeah. where it takes me. <laughs> yeah, these are questions to hold, not necessarily questions to try and answer, right? And mm-hmm. I think there's um, there's something there, like, definitely in questioning if you have got something that feels like a specific, very specific desire that you have quite a lot of meaning attached to. So I can say for me, one of the desires that I've always had is to do public speaking, is to speak on stage, is to do things like that. But when I really get into it, and that is still true, and I still do think it comes from a soul place too. Like I love having conversations, being in front of people. Like I truly do love that. Um, But I know that a large part of it was also came from ego because I wanted Mm -hmm. to be really the desire was I want to be somebody worth listening to that's what the desire was the speaking on stage is just a way that I saw that coming to light but actually if I really looked at it I was like why do I want to be on stage like what's fueling that well actually no I I want to be somebody that has something to say that's who I want to be and when I ground into that it feels more fun and more playful and lighter to actually explore versus needing it to come into my life in a very specific way so it's definitely like if if you as a listener or a watcher uh, have any kind of really strong desires that you have like quite fixed or have a bit of a fixation about the how how it has to play out it can definitely be helpful to just look at that from a perspective of like why like what do I think that will mean about me like what do I think that will bring me and is there a way that I can actually access that right now without needing for it to actually turn up that way yeah it's the I'll be happy when scenario isn't it and I'll be proud of myself when this happens yeah right and it's very much like you say coming into the core of it the soul of it and And it's okay if there's an ego driver there or a trauma driver. You know, I see in a lot of my clients that they may come to me with money goals, for example, or success goals. And when we get to the root of it, there's some energy there where I'll be emotion when I reach that. And so it's just shining a loving light on it with compassion and just starting to understand 
where the desires are rooted. And it doesn't necessarily always change the desire, right? But maybe you get to shift the energy, shift the pressure, shift the expectation. Because as you've said, I think quite a few of us have a heavy relationship with desire because desires haven't manifested. And I can definitely resonate with you at the beginning, kind of having this delusional naivety. Yeah. Right? Of I remember saying to my husband, we're going to be so rich. Yes. <laughs> you Just you believe. wait. <laughs> Just you wait. I'm going to retire you. We're going to do all these things. Yeah. Don't worry, babe. I've got You can it. come work in my business. I'll employ yes. you. It's good. You know, loads of people work with their partners, you know. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but truly believing it, like really. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that I don't now, but there's almost that delusion and maybe yeah. it is a little bit brainwashing from what you we've been consuming and the possibility that has given to us and then I feel like that a cycle that I see happen is they start with this delusion going for it maybe things don't manifest or happen as expected because there is expectation and then people start to take a step back from desires of like oh maybe it is me Maybe I am the problem. Maybe it's not going to work out for me. And they start to take a step away and then kind of be like, you know, well, let's just see what happens. You know, and it's very short term energy, but it's not from a space of trusting soul. It's protection. It's safety police. So I definitely see that pattern. So it's also just bringing to your awareness as well. Like where am I in that cycle of desire? It's okay to be delusional, by the way. I'm all for delusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That's soul of just being like, you know what? I'm going to play. And I'm open to true abundance flooding through, but it's not attached to having the golden key of everything's okay now, right? It's almost been open to the full experience. Yeah. And and just because as you were explaining that like cycle, it's so familiar and not only for myself, but also from a perspective of, you know, working with my clients, actually already supporting the people inside the pod. It's a very familiar thing. What would you recommend that somebody does if they find themselves in that cycle? Like, how can they support themselves? Or, yeah, how can you, what advice would you give to somebody that maybe really identifies with that pattern and wants to wants things to be different? So I call it like a goals graveyard. <laughs> I feel we all have them, right, where goals haven't manifested or things haven't happened as expected and same with desire. And we still have the energetic attachment to them, but we've kind of put them to bed. But that energy is still attached and maybe there's still some shame or embarrassment or humiliation or any emotion attached to it. So the first thing I always do with clients is lovingly forgive and let go of those old desires. They may have been, you may now know that they were ego. You know, I definitely had a check for six figures on my vision board when I started this. It's wrapped up in it, right? Mm -hmm. Did the whole Jim Carrey, just write yourself a check and then then it's yours. And I'm not against that, right? But my energy was from ego. I was doing it from ego. And so I had to release and forgive that version of me right? There was a part of me that was looking for financial security. So I forgive her, right? And I'm still open to it. I'm still open to infinite abundance, but now it's coming from this place of trusting myself more and soul. So I think forgiveness and letting go is definitely a first step and just being 
lovingly compassionate to yourself around maybe where there is still some attachment, especially around goal setting. Goals aren't bad. How I see it, how I visualize it is desires are for the soul. Desires are those nuggets of like, here's a little snapshot of what's available for you when you're aligned. And goals are what the brain needs to focus in the short term. Yeah. Your brain needs something to work towards and direction. So goals aren't bad, but I think a lot of people dismiss goals and kind of, and I've been there, I've been in my feminine, I'm flowing, I don't need a goal, I'm just open to infinite universe. And that's not necessarily bad, magic happens, but the brain can then get in your way the brain loves a focus it but it's almost having this detached focus of like that's what I'm focusing on but it's okay if it goes a different way but that's my focus for like three three months say yeah and actually I'm just going to add a thing on um the goal setting like the bit that the brain loves Uh, and we were literally just talking about this in one of our um like social sessions inside the pod community later. So it's really funny that it's come up here as well is one of like, I have a really tricky relationship with goals when I set like a specific target. Like, so if I say, right, I want to sign three clients this month, suddenly things become foggy. It changes the way I show up. It, it, it really challenges me. That's whatever. Maybe that's something I've got to work through. Maybe it's just something that I can actually lovingly, compassionately accept about myself. But actually what really helps me is setting process goals, not outcome goals. So instead of like, so you might have the vision of like, I'd love to sign three clients. That's great. But actually how I now approach things is like, cool. So what are the steps that I believe I would have to take to make that a reality? Taking those steps, that's my goal. So at the end of the month, I can basically say like, did I follow this process? Yes or no. That's, if I have, I've achieved the goal that I set out to do. And the outcome is is somewhat a benefit of that, right? Whatever the outcome is, that's what it is, just data. And then we can use that to more effectively plan and adjust and learn from. So I think there's just, this, and this concept, by the way, came from the book, um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. So he, which I'm a massive fan of and massively recommend, (laughs) but I just think it can be really, really useful because often when we try and set specific goals that are somewhat out of our control, right? We can't necessarily control what's going to happen in the world. Look at COVID, look at the pandemic, anything could happen. It's, It's really, if you are someone that finds yourself daunted by some of those things, actually look and go, okay, it's great to have these visions, but how I can remain detached from it practically is by actually just giving my attention and energy to the process and to the actions that I can take that will help that come to life. So if you have a goal of, you know, I like by the end of this month, I want to have spoken on one stage, like that's my goal. It's like, great. Okay. So what are the steps that would happen that might, you know, need to be put in place for that to be a reality. Okay, so I'm going to set a goal that I'm going to focus on of, I'm going to email 10 different, I don't know, places. I'm going to get in contact with 10 different companies to see if they want me to come and give a speech. I'm going to work out what my, I'm actually going to develop what that talk would be. And I'm going to have it ready. So you do things and like focus on Like, yeah, have the soul desires, feel into it, anchor into it. But in terms of the mind and taming that kind of obsession that might come in and all the drama that comes with it, focus on the process and just 
let let the universe take care of the outcome, right? Let the exactly. universe take care of bringing it to you in whatever way. Because you don't know, you send those 10 emails to companies and suddenly you get an invitation for something that's so much better than you could mm-hmm. have possibly imagined. So I think that's just something that's really massively helped me and changed my relationship to goal setting as well is, yeah, that balance of process versus outcome. I love that. Yeah, and it's definitely tuning into that, that soul aspect, right? That if... And something that I play with when I'm with desire, especially when I'm in that phase of maybe menstrual cycle or just an emotional phase of who am I, what am I doing? (laughs) My go-to practice is surrender and just writing in my journal, guide me to my highest path. Just guide me. I'm open, right? I'm not looking for a definitive answer. You don't have to tell me Becky Stanton is, right? (laughs) I don't need to wrap it up in a sentence. Words can't even really encapsulate everything that I am and who I am and what I'm here for so whether you talk to the universe whether you're talking to your future self whether it's just you know if it's more spiritual and like god it's just like show me the next step right just guide me and I feel that's really powerful and that helps with the process right the brain just needs to know what it needs to focus on yes your soul gets to be this openness of like let's play let's explore I don't need the full plan need a fight like I don't need a five-year plan (laughs) oh gosh I I never want to do one of them I think I wrote one when I were when I first started out you know when I when I was going to have my million dollars in five years from you know working one hour a day Sounds you know because that's what everyone was showing me was possible and that's what I signed up for four you know work week right <laughs> exactly four hour work year I was after um <laughs> so yeah I think I think it's a, this is a beautiful conversation of just breaking down what you think desires are and I think vision boards are always a good an example of this right the vision board is just an emotional representation of what you're available for and then being open to how it comes yeah yeah absolutely and I think that's it right like one of the biggest things I always play with because so I am spiritually curious I'm engaged in the spiritual things but I not not all the way there so I still like things to be like no no but what does that mean like I definitely have the like that side of me which is why I think it's a beautiful pairing because we get to offer both perspectives <laughs> and I think even with that like it's just playing with it right even if you don't necessarily resonate with the full universe kind of like surrendering which I do by the way so I'm, I'm offering this though for maybe the people that aren't so um, that don't resonate so hard with it it's just playing with questions of like what would feel fun and then but not needing to actually come up with a list there and then but holding the question which is again I think we mentioned it earlier right it's not necessarily about being able to instantly articulate the answer it's about actually holding the question what does my soul desire what feels fun? What feels alive? What feels juicy for me? What would feel great? And again, becoming less attached to how it specifically, tangibly plays out and more about what's the emotion behind it. What's the what's underneath that specific thing? And it's, it's interesting, actually, because even as I say that, there's part of my brain that is saying like, well, hold on, I've been told if you want to manifest something, then you need to be able to visualize it in crystal clear detail. <laughs> so that's the voice that just came in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your take on that? Visualization, in my opinion, and supported by science as well, 
is preparing your mind and body for new possibilities. That's all it's doing, right? Is I believe manifestation is essentially energetically what you're available for, what you're open for, you're going to be ready to receive. And we live in an energetic world that's infinite. So the more you are open to those infinite possibilities and you play in the world, not just waiting at home with your vision board, but actually integrating with life and having, you know, the universe works with people and situations. So visualization for me is a powerful tool because we spoke about the mind and the nervous system being the safety police. If you can visualize it already, you calm your nervous system and you rewire your mind so it's not such a unicorn thing. So visualization, it's fun to play with. Again, it's playful, right? Visualize your desires. When you, if you have a speaking gig, visualize yourself speaking through your own eyes because you're going to create safety and peace within your body. It's a really powerful technique, but manifestation is way beyond what you could just imagine in your mind. It's limited, (laughs) right? We're playing beyond our mind, not just what we already know. So it's a powerful tool and I do it a lot personally, you know, to expand my, my energy, but yeah, you manifest way beyond what you can already think about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think like, that's one of the things I guess I'm so excited about with this podcast is that because we have you who is like so well versed in a lot of that side of things, which I know a lot of people have questions about me included. I love that. I can just be like, hold on. I've heard this. I feel like it's a contradiction. What's yeah. going on? i be able to actually get the answers to those things and share it with people as well. So I'm very grateful to have you, um, offering that perspective for people um, to really make it tangible um, and meaningful. So I guess to just bring this to a sense of closure, I guess, for the episode, because we could talk about this for hours. All day. Like, yeah, like for for context, listeners, whenever Becky and I, like we started just like, let's just have like a Monday catch up and put an hour in and consistently it was like three hours, three hours, three hours. And that's when you're like, do you know what, maybe we should do a podcast. um, (laughs) Yeah, so I know we can talk for a long time on it. I think just like wrapping it up, is there anything, like if somebody was going to, they listened to this episode, they started to go like, okay, yeah, maybe I want to question what my desires are. Maybe I want to get a little bit clearer on it. Maybe I want to just explore this more. Obviously, you can join us in the pod because that's what we're going to be doing (laughs) this month in October. So we're going to do it there. But if someone is just listening to this, what would you say like as a recommendation for them to maybe think about or play with to really start to connect with their soul desires and making those a reality? Intuitively, what just came through was tune in to your body. So if we are playing, if you have a month, if October is your desire month, and it's just that I'm just going to start to explore what am I really available for? So changing the language from what do I want, because that tends to be ego, wants, needs, and being like, what am I available for in my business and life? Like, what am I really here to experience? And firstly, I believe that energetically with that question in your heart, you're already going to attract a lot of ideas and inspiration to you. But tune into your body because your body lights up and like physically like expands you can feel it in your body language when something feels exciting and divine 
So I would invite you for a month to play with the question in the future, in this infinite world where anything's possible for me, and I'm not even going to try and, you know, say what it is or even use words that can be limiting. What am I available for? And then you're going to start to see things. There's going to be random conversations. Mm -hmm. And it's just when you have them, tune in, feel into your body, what feels most expansive. So I know when I was playing with this early this year, um, I tend to ask this question a lot when there's some like big personal life things happening for me. It really makes me realign and re-question like, what am I here for? And something that came up for me this year was I then started to see retreats everywhere. I started to see in-person things and my body was just like, (laughs) like literally opened up and I was like, okay, I know the nudge is I'm ready for in-person contact now. I'm ready to bring the Becky magic in person. And that was a focus for me over the summer. And I had my first one, which is very exciting. And and of course, we've got an event coming up as well in October. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a beautiful segue. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel that's a beautiful question to hold and just be open. You're going to be start to feel into things, but your body gives you the answer. And just as as a side note, I know we've spoken about it before, that whether you're into human design or not, some people can just feel really excited about everything. (laughs) I know that we say like, we would go to a festival and we're like, I can run a festival. (laughs) I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I need to retrain in this and I need to become a circus performer. I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the thing is also, I naturally do that. It's almost a bit toxic that I feel I can do everything. (laughs) It's not true. I totally know what you mean. But it's when you pause in and tune in, your body will tell you. Right, whether it might even be something excites you, but it's not now. Your body will tell you. So it's a beautiful practice. Yeah, and I love the question for that. If you've got multiple things, it is that thing of like, I like to ask, what feels most alive at the moment? Like, what idea feels most alive? Because I think there's just like beautiful kind of things that come up with that question. Also, knowing that you don't have to just because you pick one thing or focus on one desire doesn't mean it's it for the rest of your life. You can have a certain desire for a month. You can have a desire for the next, the, you know, the rest of this year and then next year you're going to reset. So it is with desires, they are fluid things and that's okay. You are allowed to evolve. You are allowed to change. It's staying open and staying curious and yeah, holding the question and being less attached to the answer, which to be honest is like the whole ethos of you know, what we're doing here with this podcast, what we're doing with our community as well. It's really not about us trying to define what anybody should or shouldn't do or what they should or shouldn't want. It's really about creating those invitations to explore, those invitations to to go and seek out your own answers and what that looks like for you versus, you know, Becky and I sat here dictating anything about how you should do things. It is very open and very supportive in that way. Um, and as Becky alluded to with the in-person stuff in October, on October the 12th, pretty yep. sure I've got that date right, on October the 12th, we are having an in-person event for our pod members. Now, currently, um, at time of recording, there is only three spaces left on that. Um, so depending on when you're actually listening, they might be gone. 
Um, but yeah, you are welcome to check out all the details of that are going to be available via our website, which we'll link in the show notes below. Uh, so do go check that out. But one of the things we're going to be doing during that day together, uh, which is like a mastermind style event led by myself and Becky, and there's going to be 10, 10 beautiful individuals total there. We're really going to be looking at tapping into desires as well. What do we desire for our businesses? What do we desire for the rest of this year? Like really getting clear on what that looks like for us in our business and coming up with very much like the practical and the support and maybe what's what's holding us back from chasing it and exploring those nuances for your own business. So if that sounds like something that you would be interested in, um, do go check out the website, which is pointofdivergence.co, again, linked in the show notes, and you'll find information there. But it's super, um, super accessibly priced for what it actually is. But it's because we wanted to bring this to our community and create that opportunity for us to meet in person. So although we have actually got members from all across the world, um, this is going to be for our UK members. Um, but we have big... We have big desires for the pod. We do. This this whole podcast and everything. So it's super exciting to tap into, super exciting to uh, explore, really. And everything that we put out, whether you're in the community or whether you're just into this podcast, is an invitation. I just want you guys to remember that this isn't about thinking oh well Becky and Becky said I should go do this it's an invitation to explore to play with questions and to truly find your own way in defining what doing business differently means to you not to anybody else to you that's all we're really interested in helping um you discover so yeah so thank you for this conversation today Becky I've loved having it and I hope our listeners have enjoyed it as well it's been a pleasure and such a juicy topic to get started on because it all starts in my opinion with that soul desire that's where your business was born and it gets to expand that way too if you enjoyed this episode make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and if you're listening to this over on our Substack, we'd love for you to join the conversation and let us know your thoughts too Likewise, if you actively want to explore what doing business differently looks like for you, then do be sure to check out the pod, which is our private community where we share a bunch of resources every month for you to play with as you define your way of doing things. Inside the pod, there's also a ton of live sessions held every month too, from community circles, clarity clinics, hot seat coaching, moon mornings, and member-led knowledge sharing sessions. To check it out, just head to the show notes below where everything is linked for you to explore further. Thanks so much for listening. Speak soon. Lots of love.